Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to a brand new episode of paratruth radio my name is justin and i'm eric and today we've got another great episode here for you we're going to be doing another down the rabbit hole episode um but first eric it's been another week how's it been going it's been going good you know it, it is a new week and we're getting Closer to coming out for me coming out to North Dakota, so I'm getting excited for that. It's been it's been well, it's been a year, like literally a year. I keep getting all these little uh, <laughs> memory things on my Facebook from the last time that I was out there, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. Well, and uh, yeah, we're gonna hoping to do some fun stuff while you're out here. Um, we've got an interview set up for a guest. We've got some ideas for some new things and some maybe some paramyxologies so it's going to be fun um if we have time on the way back maybe we'll be able to stop somewhere to do an investigation somewhere um outside of the couple that we do here um but yeah a lot of fun stuff coming up for you guys if you listen to paratruth radio um so we decided to do a couple of different things this episode as we do on all of our down the rabbit holes. Um, I think we're going to start out with yours, Eric, the, the video you sent me and uh, then we'll, we'll move into what I have. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, this is something that we we've covered kind of, I, 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 we've probably covered it over multiple episodes over the last couple of years, but never kind of did it all at once. And, it, uh, yeah. You know, I was kind of goofing around seeing like, Oh, what's, can I find something on Google? I Google Google. That's a new one. <laughs> Hashtag copyright. Um, <laughs> on Google, uh, where I would write, I would type in a question to say, what do I do if I'm a ghost? I was hoping somebody would help. Like, what if a ghost need, you know, a ghost is trying to figure out what to do. I don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> there's, there's nothing on Google. But I did come across uh, five reasons why somebody may not cross over or why five reasons why someone might become a ghost. Uh, and, you know, this, this particular video it was pretty detailed overall. Uh, there's a, I forget offhand, but there's a certain viewpoint that they're taking from it. Uh, taking to it uh, in in regards to their faith, but it kind of is something that is, I think, pretty broad across all belief systems uh, as to why a person might become a ghost. Uh, And of course, they break it down in great detail. 
And I guess we're just going to try and do that here as well. Uh, now you watched the video before we get into it. Like, what did you think of the video yourself? Um, it was a little hard to understand her just because she did have an Indian accent, but, um, a very thick Indian accent, but, um, it's not anything I've ever not heard before. So right. it was, it was interesting to see that somebody actually compiled it all together though. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that said, we'll go ahead and kind of break it down, but we'll start with number one. Uh, number one is the reason someone may become a ghost is due to excessive grief. Uh, now there can be various reasons why somebody might suffer from grief. Uh, it could be the loss of somebody. It could be the loss of their own life. It could be uh, the loss of material things. There, there, there are a number of different things that grief can do. Uh, but there is a you know a, a solid belief that you know we we know of sad ghosts or lonely ghosts. You know we, we've heard about mm-hmm. that. We we've uh, have talked to people who met lonely ghosts. Uh, and in this case, when they're grieving, they kind of become attached to this one central place, which is here in on our plane, the earth plane, uh, or the physical plane. Uh, and they go around just searching for anything that'll kind of help uh, relieve that grief. And unfortunately, it's something that just can't easily be done without the help of an outside source because their spirit is basically intertwined with their conscience and their conscience is what's truly grieving and they can't kind of separate those two things uh, so they just kind of spiral and spiral and spiral and they get stuck not really knowing which way is up which way is down or left or right uh, so on and so forth anything you want to add no um so far i mean it makes it makes sense and, and we've like you said before we we've probably talked about all of this at one time or another but um it was interesting to see the in all five of these it's a type of connection mm-hmm. that somebody has to whatever happened to during their death that caused them to to stay around right and so that brings us to dos. Number two, uh, this is the second reason why somebody may become a ghost, and that is excessive attachment to material things. Believe it or not, there's actually a reason why even the, actually not just the Holy Bible, but a majority of scriptures out there, regardless of religion, talk about putting aside material things and focusing on spiritual ones. Mm. Uh, the idea is a, you can't take material things with you when you cross over to the spiritual realm. And B, material things can ground you here in one plane because you can't take it with you. With that said, some people become so attached to those, to those material things, uh, certain collections, money, uh, cars, a house, even uh, you know things like that, that people become so attached to that when they die, again, their spirit or their conscience cannot let it go. They have to stay with it, even though they can't use it. They can't play with it. They can't spend it or anything like that, uh, but they want it and they can't let it go. And so they become stuck here. And, you know, in our mind, I'm sure as you guys are listening to this and personally, when I was reading it or watching the video, you know, I, I think, oh, well, it's miserable to be here. Let's, I'll just let it go and move on to he- heaven or wherever, you know, the afterlife takes you. 
it's not so simple because once again, a lot of this is corresponded or uh, tied up with the conscience and the conscience is a completely different thing from what we understand, what very little we understand uh, on the outside of a physical body. Uh, because again, right now our conscience and our spirit are kind of separated in the physical body, but afterwards they kind of mend together and become one in a sense. Uh, so once you're attached to it, it's very difficult again to let it go without having somebody to kind of guide you through it. Having, I would say kind of like a, like a psychotherapist of some sort. Um, you know, I guess you could really think about that when, when you have people come to cleanse a house or try to cast right. out a spirit, help people move on. They're, they're psychotherapists in some way. Uh, yeah, I, I would of... say that's a good analogy. It's a type of way for them, for the spirit to uh, give up the thing that they're they're holding on to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, material things. Big problem. Uh, I think for the majority of probably everybody on planet Earth. Uh, so definitely be be wary of that because if you are that attached, you can especially become us a ghost Americans. If you were to pass away, yeah, especially. Um, but uh, the Buddhist is one of the the um, more predominant religions that concentrate on not uh, dwelling on on uh, physical things. Um, it's mm -hmm. part of being on the wheel of life, and if you have any of these vices, an attachment to the physical realm or, or material possessions, you will be on the wheel of life until you can reach Nirvana and get past all of that. Right. Reason number three, uh, very similar to having an obsessive attachment to material things. Uh, but in this case, it's having a uh, excessive desire for sensual uh, enjoyments. Uh, now this, I mean, the prime thing here, of course, would be sexual things. For example, if that's something right. that you've struggled with all your life and you don't want to let it go moving on into the spirit realm, uh, a spirit may stay to try to, uh, I guess, feel those enjoyments again, or those feelings without ever actually being able to do so. So they just keep on wandering, trying to search for whatever it is, uh, whether it's women or some sort of joy, uh, some sort of uh, some sort of excessive peace, you know, things like that, that they'll just keep looking for that they can never actually do without having a physical body to do such. Uh, now, I think, I can't say that I personally have ever studied anything in this nature where we've like you and I have ever encountered a, a spirit like that, but there have been discussions on TV and among some of our colleagues uh, who have experienced a, in, in this case, a sexual like spirit, uh, which mm -hmm. means that, I mean, it very well could be something dark. It also could very well be a human spirit that again is trying to relive something that they can't actually relive. We don't really know, but nonetheless, uh, the fact that there are people who who excessively um, seek out and enjoy these kind of things, much like the material stuff, they too can become trapped here uh, after they die. Yeah, I, I think both these past two are or, or can be one of the most common. Mm -hmm. 
Now, these last two kind of coincide um, as well, but we will still break them up into four and number five. Uh, so with that said, number four is suicide. Now, that's not to say that anybody or everybody who commits suicide is going to be stuck in this plane. But the problem is that many people commit suicide due to one of the top three things, uh, especially number one extreme grief. The problem is people think that if they commit suicide, they will free themselves of that grief or whatever it is that is tormenting them only to find that it follows them into the afterlife. And they become trapped here, constantly stuck and uh, tormented by this, by this particular entity, whatever it is. And not, you know, entity as in not a ghost, but whatever it is that's affecting them. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course, Therein lies a really big problem because someone who is struggling here on earth in human form uh, with grief can find individuals who can help them. Uh, you, you know, you can call suicide hotlines you can call therapists, uh, you know, things like that, that can talk to you and help you work things out in the afterlife. If you're stuck here on the earthly plane, you're just calling out to nobody because there's no one around to help you. Uh, so that is something to consider many spirits that are here on earth have been stuck here due to suicide and not because of the suicide itself, but because of why they committed the suicide in the first place. So kind of stuck in a purgatory after they've done it sort of. Right. Right. And I, you know, and I think that's obviously that's, I mean, it's sad, but like the the reason people do tend to commit suicide is to escape from whatever their reality is. Um, Unfortunately, they don't always think about what is on the other side and what is on the other side can be and likely is much worse even. Um, Of course, that all depends on your own beliefs. But that again, that that your beliefs only originate and stay here on the earthly plane. Your beliefs don't necessarily carry over into the afterlife. At least we don't think we don't know. Maybe they do, you know, Uh, you know, for example, if Justin doesn't believe in a God whatsoever and he dies, does that mean he just kind of disperses into the atmosphere and is no more? Uh, What what happens? You know, we, we don't know. Well, it's funny that you you mentioned that because I, I didn't read the article, I but I'd seen the title of the article and it said, um, there is actually multiple afterlives, not just a single one. Um, hmm. And the vague description was it really just depends on your beliefs, depends on how you, you react to dying. Right. And, and you know, and again, this is even that article is basing something on um, it's, it's based on a belief. Like right. there's no scientific evidence to support any of it. Uh, my beliefs are not fully scientifically supported. Neither is that of the Buddhist uh, or, or anyone else out there or the atheist. Right. You know, we all have beliefs and there's science that supports all of it in some manner, but not all the way through. So in the end, it's all kind of up to speculation. But as I said, number four and five are pretty much tied together. So number five is uh, 
becoming a ghost due to a violent death. Now, this is something that Justin and I have talked about multiple times, not just together ourselves, but with many people we've had on our show. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a lot of, and sadly, a lot of really big hauntings, uh, very popular hauntings around the U.S., and even around the world uh, and very powerful hauntings are all associated around a violent death. Um, the idea here is that the trauma uh, of, of the incident, whatever it was, whether, whether it was a car accident, a murder, um, whether it was a suicide, whether it was, you know, whatever it was, the idea is that the amount of suffering that happened there in that moment creates an echo and latches on to the spirit that was within the body of the person who passed away at that moment. And so when you cross over or try to cross over, you can't because you're tethered to the echo that was created. And so these people usually end up in a uh, kind of a repetitive situation where maybe they relive the same moment, that horrible uh, death over and over again, uh, or maybe they just kind of revisit it in some way. Like maybe they don't experience it themselves, but they'll see it from like a third person view, uh, you know, but it's something that entraps them and is something that again is powerful enough to kind of hold them in place. And this is of course, because, you know, a, a, a violent death uh, happens to be as uh, negative as it is, it can create a, a kind of portal or at least a beacon for other negative entities or beings uh, to kind of come through and associate themselves or become part of that same uh, the same echo, which is why we often end up with these really horrible uh, hauntings in these locations where violent deaths happen, uh, demonic activity, negative entities, uh, poltergeist, stuff like that, they become drawn to this negative energy that empowers them. And of course, it's usually negative. It's very rare that something horrible happens and you get a good entity that shows up. Yeah. Good entities don't want to be right. there. They'll, they'll be drained by it, you know? Uh, so yeah, you know, th these are the five top things that can keep a person or make a person a ghost. Four and five are also ones that could cause what we refer to as residual hauntings, too. Yes. Um, yeah. The, you know, I was trying to think of that word, but I, kept, I just kept going with echo. <laughs> I, like, I can't think of the word, but just echo. Echo works for now. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> well, when when you're saying echo, I, I, my thought was the echo of the person, not like a timestamp. The event. Yeah, that's okay. what I, I mean. And I, and I was in the beginning when I said echo, I was recurrent. Re Referring to a timestamp, which would oh, be okay. a residual, residual in a way. Right. So, okay. So, yeah, all five of those, you and I have discussed even off air a lot of that, especially when we're doing paranormal investigations for clients um, about what we we think or or are getting from the evidence, if there ever is evidence. Um, but it is interesting that, and I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the vibe I was getting off of it was this person was coming from more of a kind of um, Buddhist or, or Hindu type religion because it, she did sound like she was Indian, like India, Indian. Well, 
I, I don't. I'm not trying to just because to be you pretentious have an and Amy think that. Mean. <laughs> no, it's just, just the way she was uh, talking but, about it. But she she did. She mentioned um, she didn't call it Hinduism, but it, it's related to it. Um, it's another religion that's related to it. And and a lot of what she was talking about in the video itself uh, was correlated to that particular belief, that particular faith. Uh, so that's why I said that there were some things in this video that I think are pretty organic and universally really widely accepted by various religions around the world. But there were some things that were like, oh, that doesn't cross over to uh, the Christian aspect or doesn't cross over to, you know, this or that or whatever or yeah. So, but regardless, again, these are like these five things and the way she spoke uh, on them is very broad and it made a lot of sense to me. Uh, and it was, it was interesting. It's very intriguing uh, for, for myself anyway. Yeah. I, I liked the video. Um, like I said, I was, I was having a hard time understanding her, but um, overall, I mean, I, I understood her enough to, to watch the video and s- actually think about what she was saying um mm-hmm. a- anything from that video that struck you as different at all compared to what we've kind of already seen not particularly no i i, I think i think the biggest thing was that she just kind of expanded on it further and then gave examples um like deeper examples uh of what these five uh these five listings were the um it's you know what we'll do we'll actually we'll go ahead and we'll link that that video yeah yeah, right underneath here so you guys can check it out yourself uh but for the most part it was all stuff that i that i that i've heard as well before uh but she did break it down a little further she went a little deeper as to like in the beginning she she talks about uh the various types of ways someone can become true not sorry basically what it means to become trapped here. So she starts with like, when you die, your spirit is supposed to cross over to this point here, but sometimes becomes trapped in this realm for this reason. And then she goes on to explain why those five reasons are the most significant in terms of keeping a spirit trapped on earth instead of crossing over. Okay. So the other topic that, we were going to discuss today and I I know we've probably kind of, again, covered this here and there throughout our uh, career as podcasters. Weird to say that as a podcaster, because it's not like we're getting paid to do this. We do this because we like to, but um, the, the difference or, or, the connection between consciousness and the soul. Um, I, now, I tried looking up a bunch of different articles. Uh, the two I came across were from uh, BahaiTeachings.org and um, MindMatters.ai. And I, because pretty much every other article said the exact same thing these do. Um, consciousness is the concept of what we are now. Uh, For the lack of a better term, it's just in the mind, not necessarily the self. And the the article from Baha'i Teachings 
it kind of goes into that where um, they state that uh, increasingly exploration of the relationship between self or consciousness and the brain indicates that the source of self is metaphysical and not biological, even though the commu it communicates back and forth through the inter intermediary of the brain so long as this relationship endures. So in other words, the consciousness connects us to our soul uh, and our body, whereas once we leave our body, that part is kind of gone even though we keep our own personalities per se after we die because both eric and i have come across several investigations where the person that was there like, like eric was talking about the different ways that somebody can become a ghost uh that person holds on to that personality because they haven't let go of their consciousness yet um they're trying to hold on to that um but it's weird how I get into these different ideas because it's always from um, listening to audiobooks that I, uh, fictional audiobooks, of course, that then I started thinking, gosh, what the heck? What if that is true? Um, and the episode we did on transferring your consciousness to, um, a, kind of like a, a hard drive or, or becoming a um, AI in a sense, your consciousness is, is preserved, comes from the same book as, as the one that we're talking about now. Um, and the, the concept, and I, I've already brought this up on that episode, but this is from the Bobiverse series where a guy dies um, they freeze his head and they bring him back as an artificial intelligence. They copy his mind through scientific means. They scan the brain and they bring him back as an artificial intelligence that thinks he is uh, Robert Johansson, the character. Um, but in book four, they talk about um, how this particular AI is replicating and they always have replicative drift where the, it's not the same personality as it was before. But if they shut down the hardware that they're in from one and go to the other, it is the same exact consciousness and the same, same exact soul quote unquote. Um, so I started really thinking about that and I'm like, is consciousness and the soul somehow connected or, you know, are they one in the same? Um, and everything I come across says no. It, it there is it is two separate things. But then, you know, after listening to Eric talk about this video and uh, you know watching the video myself, maybe that that's the the whole thing when we we let go or you know when we die is if we don't let go of that consciousness, the soul can't actually take over. Um, so my mind kind of actually changed after watching that video and listening to Eric talk, but what were some of your initial, um, thoughts on all of that? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think growing up, I always kind of have associated the consciousness or the conscience and the, um, the soul as being two separate things, uh, in, in a sense, 
uh, and of course, depending on, you know, it, it all depends on your belief system, but, you know, growing up Christian uh, in a Roman Catholic church, uh, and even in the scriptures, you learn that there is life and then there's the spirit and that life can exist even without the spirit, uh, but that the spirit is something more divine. Uh, now, of course, there's been a lot of debate about that. Uh, you know, what is the Holy Spirit? And, 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 you know, obviously it's like, for example, when Adam was created, God breathed the spirit into him, the spirit of life, and he existed. But we also know that throughout the scripture says that the blood is life source. Without blood, we don't survive. So which do you need to live, the spirit or the blood? Or do you need both? The greatest concept of the best thought here is probably you need both to live in the physical realm. You only need one to live in the spiritual. Uh, so the idea being you can live on earth uh, with blood and the spirit. You can live in heaven with just the spirit or beyond our realm, uh, but you cannot live on earth without the spirit. If you're just blood, you still can't exist. Again, there's a lot of debate as to what the soul is, what the spirit is, what the Holy Spirit is, why are there all these different things happening? Uh, you know, and it's very confusing. But <laughs> we have talked about over, you know, over the last couple of years now, this idea of transferring consciousness into AI and what that actually means. If if you were to transfer the conscience, what happens to the spirit? Does the spirit go with it or does it move on, you know, into the atmosphere or into another, you know, the other realm? But the thing is, the spirit, you know, it's, that's like saying that, well, that's kind of like saying we can do some sort of Ghostbusters stuff, right? Like in the movie Ghostbusters, uh, you throw out, what, what do you call it? The the little, can't think of the ghost trap, throw out the ghost trap the ghost and trap. you can capture yep. a spirit. That's something that we can't do, not in reality. Right. And yet here we're talking yet. about being able to, <laughs> right. Yeah. Here we're talking about being able to, to. Um, move the conscience into the AI. Now, the thing is, if we believe the conscience and the spirit are one and the same, then science is just proving to us that the spirit exists. And that's interesting because they're not coming forward to say that, but yet they are. Uh, now, in this case, they need the brain, right? Or the head of the person in order to do it. They believe that you can reactivate the brain. Uh, now, we've talked mm -hmm. about this with uh, pigs, for example. It's happened twice in which the brain has been right. reactivated uh, in two different ways. Uh, so, you know, with that said, the conscience may be something that is directly related to the chemicals within the brain and therefore doesn't truly exist on its own. And the spirit is something that is of the of another world entirely and therefore they are separate uh perhaps the conscious can't exist without the spirit whereas the spirit can continue on without the conscience um mm -hmm. but that's to say then the spirit activates the conscience uh now what is the spirit i know i'm going and it sounds crazy like you guys are probably like what is <laughs> happening what are you guys talking about yeah i'm confused too well we're um, not even getting into yet the fact that you know you and i believe that animals have souls or spirits yeah um, and, and there are um, a lot of people within um, different religious beliefs, but uh, specifically the Christian church that say that animals don't have spirits. Yeah. I, yeah. Let's we'll cross that <laughs> in a little while. Let's stay on, stay on topic. Um, <laughs> hey, this is a down uh, rabbit hole. We're just going to go all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, but here's the thing. So as a ghost hunter, 
what type of devices do we use to to try to find ghosts per se like that's uh, an actual question our, our five senses most our five senses is one okay let's talk um, about actual tools aside uh, from our own personal senses uh digital voice recorder uh camera of any kind doesn't matter if it's okay. altered or not um mm-hmm. there's one i'm looking for specifically i'm just waiting for you to say it the emf meter okay the spirit box um am i forgetting one no uh so you i mean the emf meter is one of the big ones uh as is like uh what do you call them the um the rod uh the rods what are the name of the two rods oh the the uh um dow uh dowsing rods dowsing dowsing rods. dowsing rods yeah um so what does something like the dowsing rod or the emf meter pick up energy energy and that energy is what type of energy depends on what you're belief is so but it's electromagnetic is electromagnetic field. energy so yeah. if it's electromagnetic it means there's a type of electricity being used to that that is that is a spirit it's a type of power source right a type of electric energy and what do scientists use to resurrect or restart the brain electric electronic mm. components that create a buzz into the into the brain that reactivates it so the idea is uh basically the spirit despite i mean the spirit is in of itself a being it's you it's me if you were to die today you'd still be justin on the other side just as a spirit form but that spirit is basically a super powered battery that generates electricity and energy into the brain that gets the uh, the chemicals going and that generates your conscience um it you, you become a thinking machine in a physical form because you're a thinking machine outside of it uh, and now the big thing is what we're seeing in the science with the AI is they can jumpstart a brain and see that it's working, but what they can't see is whether or not it's thinking. And that's the big question. Can a brain think without the spirit there to guide it, um, or without a soul there to guide it? Uh, now the, the brain will react. Don't get me wrong. There are certain things that a scientist can do or science can do that can cause a brain to react, to um, get certain nerves or chemicals going, certain parts of the brain to function. But reacting is different from thinking and from logically thinking. So that's the big difference. Uh, the brain is still an organ and you can jumpstart it with electricity or some sort of energy. But the soul is what ultimately gets us thinking and creates so much more uh, of who we are, you know, in, in the wide spectrum. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. It was just, it was a thought that came to me just because of, like I said, that, that book, but it really made me think like, is there a difference? But with, watching that video and like i said listening to you talk it i mean everything that i've come across points to i mean it, it is that the difference between the two is one is meat space and one is not mm-hmm. and uh even though the two are interly con- connected it is two separate things in and of itself 
because you can still hold on to that consciousness even after you die. But if you don't let go of that consciousness, you'll never be able to continue on after you die because you'll still be trying to to use that brain, if you will, to right. think. And, and the spirit isn't meant to do that. Well, I mean, but isn't it? I mean, that, and that's, that's the big question, right? Because the brain, not, I'm no scientist, folks, I and mean, we all know that, I mean, clearly. <laughs> uh, if you've been listening long enough, you know I'm no scientist. Um, but the brain is a physical instrument uh, that is used to separate thoughts. In spirit form, we may be able to know, and, and this is scripturally based, and it has been uh, also mentioned in various other uh, types of scriptures throughout the world, that once you enter a spiritual form, your knowledge and understanding of things is just tremendous. It, everything expands. Uh, so right now, for all we know, the brain is designed to kind of lock away certain stored memories and ideas and understandings so that we can help separate our thoughts and without the spirit or the soul there to generate those thoughts, it would just can just wouldn't exist. It wouldn't work. It would just be, it'd be dead meat basically, uh, you know, inside someone's head. So that's to say then the thinking person isn't the physical being it's the spiritual one. The spirit is what does all the thinking. It just has a physical uh, presence during our lifetime. It still continues on afterwards. We can still think. We can still rationalize. It's like, why do we, you know, in a ghost town, why do we ask human questions to these spirits? Right. Because they're still human. They're just in a spiritual form. They're still thinking. They're still reacting like a human because they still have a mind which is different from a brain. The brain is just the organ that helps direct everything, helps us think in the physical body. Uh, but it would exist with or without that brain function. Heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, and, and like I said, my, my main my main thought point on all of that this was is there any is there any um conclusive theory or or study that was done or ha has been done in the past and really it, i i could not find anything that points to saying that they are the same pretty much everybody said you know it is two separate things um even though they are connected it is two separate things um i had you looked up anything on on this at all no not really okay i mean not 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 for this episode i mean obviously we've, we've looked at i've looked it up in the past for various episodes um especially uh i think one thing that we talked about was uh, when we did the, oh shoot, what was it called? The the blood episode, something blood. I can't think of what it's called. Oh yeah, I, um, I know what you're talking about. I'd have to look up the the actual name of the episode or yeah, what the forget. what the 
it's like it's like a transfusion alternative. Yeah, it's an alternative blood source um, that is designed that is made from cows, basically, um, or cow's blood. Uh, but we had talked about brain function there because they use that same product that uh, that fake blood, if you will, to reactivate the brains of pigs, uh, which was a surprising outcome for the scientists who worked on that particular product. Uh, but yeah, you know, that was, I think that was the last time I actually did any research into it. I was going to try and see if I could find it while you were talking and hemopure. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Hemopure. And we were talking about how, um, this could have possibly been the inspiration for true blood in the, mm -hmm. the show in the books, true blood. Right. Uh, right. Which I think the books were a different title, but, um, so yeah, uh, that was an interesting episode. <laughs> 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 so anyways, folks, um, that we're, we're at about the halfway mark. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break. You'll hear, Eric's random effect of the day, a quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Did you know that the original London Bridge is now in Arizona? According to thefactsite.com, the London Bridge, originally constructed in 1831, was starting to fall apart by the 1960s. As a result, the city of London decided to sell it and build another. In 1963, American entrepreneur Robert P. McCulloch bought the bridge. He dismantled it and shipped it to the United States piece by piece. McCulloch founded Lake Havasu City in Arizona and wanted to move the bridge there to serve as a tourist attraction. The reconstruction took about three years to complete, and the attraction opened on October 10th of 1971 with fireworks, entertainment, and celebrities. This was Eric's random fact of the day. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paratooth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. 
And during our conversation over the last half of the episode, it finally dawned on me, which none of you know, but Justin knows, um, what it was I was trying to tell you the other day that I knew would be a fun thing to talk about, but I couldn't remember what the hell it was. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, right. Um, well, I remembered. So, <laughs> heck yeah. And I literally just remembered it during this episode. So, here is a third topic, which was not expected, but nonetheless, I think it's fun. This is an older topic. It's not like super old, but it, it goes back quite a bit. Uh, I think at least as early, for, for in my research, at least as early as about 2015, um, but I'm sure it goes, I know it goes way earlier than that, but that's the research that I found. It uh, was about 2015 is the earliest. And the idea here or the topic here is whether birthmarks and, uh, or basically whether birthmarks correspond to a past life incident. Mm. Um, now, have you, I think we've, seen... I think we've kind of talked about this off air together. Okay. We might've, we might've. Uh, now, this is, of course, birthmarks, moles, various types of markings that you know, show up in birth. You know, we were literally born with it. And there's various beliefs behind it. Uh, one of the most common, of course, is that birthmarks are uh, representative of some sort of wounds that we suffered in a past life or previous life. Uh, those wounds can be bullet holes, stab wounds, spear wounds, riddled with bullet wounds, burn wounds, poison arrow wounds, like all these things uh, are various types of wounds based on the type of birthmark that you have. And if you just Google birthmark uh, and past life, you'll find a list of, of links that can take you and show you various types of ways that a birthmark might bring you down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole. Yeah, there you go. Um, now, the idea there is basically the birthmark signifies not just the injuries that you sustained, but actually how you died in a past life. Mm. So if you had a, uh, for example, a, a birthmark or a mole in a perfect circle, that would represent you were killed by a bullet hole depending on, of course, where it is. Uh, now, there are various beliefs depending on um, the, the, the faith, uh, this, I believe, um, do, 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 where did it go? So this one, like these believe one of these beliefs come back from, uh, from India, they go back to India. So there's a belief out there in which, again, depending on the way it looks and where it's located could represent the way you died. So in this case, a forehead, a forehead wound, a little circle on the forehead could represent a bullet hole to the head or a bullet to the head. And that in this case would be how you died. But one of the arm may show that you were just hit with this with a bullet. And it's a representative basically of a scar that existed there from the previous life. Um, now it goes beyond that too, because uh in at least now this comes from india uh, or times of india uh so times of india.indiatimes.com and it says a mole or a mark on the forehead uh on the sorry on the right of the forehead indicates intelligence possession of knowledge uh and standing out in areas of the academic skills while on the left it is meant to convey creativity spontaneity uh and extravagance uh, however, if you have it in the center of your forehead, 
you are likely to have a colorful love life. Now, they break it down into various different ways here uh, as to what different birthmarks you have and what those might mean. Aside from a previous life, that you know, these are more, uh, you know, how you are, I guess, kind of like your, your horoscope in, no. in a way, right? Um, just in a different, kind of a different setting. But there's a lot here. I'm not going to read through it all. But again, we, this is something we can link for you guys to check out. It's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, they have stuff like if you have one on your arm or on your neck or around your mouth, on your thighs, uh, things like that. Uh, and you can kind of see what they all represent. Uh, for example, if you have a birthmark on your thigh, it means that your luck is very good. You'll likely be wealthy and happy in your life. I must not have any on my thighs. <laughs> Do they mention ones in areas that will keep this PG-13? And... As a matter of fact, they do. Actually, <laughs> not on this site, but I did happen to look it up. I did. I was like, I'm, there's got to be something. Um, <laughs> so the only thing that it references is women. Okay. Uh, and I, I would have to look at, try to find it again, because I, you have to look it up specifically. Like, what does it mean if you have such oh. and such in private area? Um, and I know one thing offhand is that uh, on women, if there happens to be one in a private area, that might mean she's promiscuous and she may have uh, you know, affairs outside of marriage, you know, for example. Uh, but then there's like also a kind of a, good side i just can't remember what that was <laughs> so <laughs> leave it up to the guy that thinks nothing but negative thoughts yeah, all the time <laughs> yep you should have looked that one up yourself <laughs> but nothing about um, past yeah, actually, life look wounds you, or anything you go ahead you, what are your thoughts on this i'll look it up while you while yours no i thinking. i have heard this before um and I'm I'm almost positive you and I have talked about this off air. We we may have on air possibly early on in in our career, but um, as far as I remember, it was just you and I that were having a conversation about it because you'd come across something that that it was probably this article even or a similar article. Um, but it, that is interesting. I I mean we we as humans try and link things to things that are unexplainable. You and I have talked about this numerous times about paranormal investigations and how you need to be debunking over um, actually saying, you know, this, this, and this is actually, it really is a spirit, um, especially when you're with the client. Um, but it is interesting that there are people that are saying that these are linked to past life events or that it can be used as a, a, astrological chart if you will no absolutely i mean there, there are all kinds of different ways you could probably use this here i think i might have found all right so here we go birthmark on the private part meaning this one comes from angelicalbalance.com uh there are two opposing meanings 
Some believe that such people are honest and generous. These people have a good marital life and are great lovers. Their financial status is also great. While on the other hand, some spiritualists believe that birthmarks on a woman in a particular area is a very bad omen. That this is where I found that article, uh, that the said woman is involved in many affairs. She is characterless and addicted to sex. Uh, people with birthmarks are also said to indulge in extramarital sex and are obsessed with it. I, that, I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what to, where to go with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel that's a very negative thought process towards women as far as because like there there've got to be men i'm not gonna say who that have birthmarks on their private areas so what does that mean he's, for a guy he's not gonna he's not gonna say who so just how many um... <laughs> i don't think we should no no i'm not gonna we're not gonna take this <laughs> There's a certain, there are certain rabbit holes I do not wish travel down, and that is one of them. So, <laughs> it, uh, it, it is interesting though that it, it doesn't really bring up men. Um, while you're doing that, um, yep. I, I I've seen this a couple of times. Um, it's it's more a meme than anything, but it it kind of makes you think that um, what if the reason we come into this world crying is because we've died and moved on to our next life and remember everything that happened, even our death, until we get to that point and then we start to forget. That is certainly possible. That is certainly possible. Of course, the the thing is, uh, you know, uh, that's that's to believe that at least as soon as you pass away, you immediately are transported into a new life, which could be true. But from what I understand, based on the various uh, faiths out there, is even if reincarnation is real, there's a certain period of cleansing that happens before right. you Await are reinstated time. into human right. society. Um, yeah, I mean, based on what I'm seeing here, like all the things I just Googled, there's nothing really on, on you know, <laughs> on the guy. And as for the women, there's literally like two things and it's just these two just particular links. Okay. So my guess is, Nobody is really even bothered to even comment on such a thing, except for these two who came up with something, probably. Because let's face it, I mean, again, there's no evidence here. There, there, there's no statistical um, study, like, right? Yeah, there, yeah, there's right. no study that has been done here. So, again, this is all just a belief uh, or assumption based on God knows what. <laughs> Right. Uh, it'd be different. They said, oh, we did a study of 150 women who had such and such as on the who has, forgive me for saying it like that, but that's what we say it in my family. Um, <laughs> and over 50% were promiscuous while the other were not. And therefore, statistically speaking, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's a that study does not yeah. exist. It's, <laughs> right. that, it doesn't exist. 
So take all this with a grain of salt, folks. I decided to be an interesting thing. And if I opened up some sort of rabbit hole that you guys are just talking about, Pandora's box. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well, with that being said, I think that's pretty much all we've got for this episode, unless you had something else on birthmarks or oh i think i'm i think i'd like to be done <laughs> leave it on that mark <laughs> <laughs> um so next week we're gonna have another uh down the rabbit hole episode a uh, week after that we'll be talking to steven spears about runes and about uh how that relates to nordic uh belief and mythology and we're gonna be doing a bunch of different stuff um like we mentioned earlier um we may start a new series we do want to get some paramyxologies done so many ideas uh so little time to get them done while eric's out here and uh while we're on our way back towards his his way of life and i'm going to be going to a family reunion on my mom's side but until next week, folks, where you'll find us, same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This is Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.